everybody. This is Sean. You are listening to a mini episode of the Never Heard of It podcast, and I'm joined, as always, by Craig Moorhead, co-host and co-founder of Never Heard of It, the <laughs> podcast where we generally talk about things that have fallen in or between your cracks or, I don't know, are just sitting near nearby your cracks maybe just in your pocket sure maybe maybe you just got something in your pocket maybe you got a little <laughs> schmutz on your on your eyeglasses you don't know that's us yeah we're the schmutz uh, on these mini episodes we talk about stuff that uh you know that people know about at least a little bit and uh and we try to prove our um uh how bad we are at predicting box office is also another thing that we do so yeah uh, we'll and we see. do that that part well yeah, yeah. oh yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, as always, come find us at NeverHeardPodcast.com. Uh, you'll find links to everything you need in all of our full episodes. We got some good ones coming up. I'm really excited. We got some suggestions and, uh, and another guest. Yeah. Craig, I think we should start with this article you sent me. All right. And uh, yeah, why don't you just describe it a little bit and how it caught your eye? I will. Uh, first of all, I believe the screenwriter's name is Eric Heiserer. I think that sounds good. I wasn't sure how to okay. pronounce in the last name either, but that uh, sounds as good as anything I'll say. Well, apologies to Mr. Heiserer if, if that's uh, not true. But uh, So Eric Heiserer is the writer of the movie Arrival, which came out recently, which I have not seen, mm-hmm. but I've heard a lot of good things about. And um, it certainly looks like a very interesting movie. Uh, right now on the uh, website TalkHouse, if you're familiar with this, the he, he has an article up about the writing of Arrival. Uh, and some of the things he learned doing it, and so it's it's um, it's kind of a smattering of of things that happen, th- things uh, having to do with writing a screenplay, uh, adapting uh, a story for a screenplay, mm-hmm. and uh, and really one of the things, uh, the thing that really grabbed my attention on this was because I I've run into this myself, and uh, several times I've never found my way out of it which is writing a story about people who are way, way, way smarter than you <laughs> and, and, and who know things that you, like, you know that there are people who know these things, but you have no idea what those things are, really, or, you know, or how to, mm-hmm. you know, pull them into a story, and it can get really hard. You, you can do a lot of research, and you can talk to people, but it can be very difficult. And, it, and yeah, so the most interesting thing to me... Um, it was probably point number two about let smart people be smart, uh, where he kind of talks about you know how how do you how do you portray these people when as a screenwriter a lot of the times you're told you know don't spend tons of time just on exposition, and right. when you have a movie about someone who's trying to learn how to speak to aliens, how can you not have tons of exposition? <laughs> no right. one knows any like nobody knows this stuff so. Um, so he he goes into that, and I won't uh, I won't uh, spoil any of that really. But I just wanted to point people in the direction of that article because I thought it was really interesting. Well, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because that is exactly the paragraph or the part that I'm looking at and had saved to quote from. Because oh, right on <laughs> that. Yeah, I thought you were going to talk about like well, he he spends a little bit of time talking about how he was pigeonholed as a horror writer because that's where yeah. he he found success. His first option in sale came um, not from the a couple specs that he had written in sci-fi, but in horror. And then I think he did um, one of the Nightmare on Elm Street remakes, I think, mm-hmm. as well as the thing uh the remake yep. of that but 
So I was expecting that because <laughs> I certainly <laughs> could relate to that. But also, um, also like that was exactly what I was drawn to was that part about that. And I'll just read this little line here that he said. He said, what that meant for me was that I had to embrace the expository moments. Smart people are constant teachers. And I had to unlearn my own rule about avoiding moments where a character stopped to explain or define something. Sometimes it's welcome. And... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so true. I mean, think about how many movies where if you just had a little bit of exposition, um, you could clear up so many different things. I also thought of, uh, there's a great novel by uh, Haruki Murakami, Japanese novelist, called 1Q84. And it's, it's like a multi-character thing, and there's a lot of like, he does a lot of magical realism kind of stuff, but there's a character in there that is a is a science fiction writer or writer at least and there was something in there they they even talk about writing in the novel and it says something about you know like you describe the stuff that people don't know like that's right. you know you don't need to just dis- like there was a you know a part where there's two moons that appear and it's mm-hmm. like you don't have to describe one moon but when there's two moons yeah you got to describe that yeah. because you have to help people figure that out and i i can't imagine like i'm dying to see this movie as well but even just based on the trailers like it it does feel like yeah that's a territory you'd have to get into quite a bit yeah yeah and and he also gets into uh at some point including images in his screenplay which because yeah he, a really cool idea yeah he was turning himself into pretzels trying to describe it in a way that would be clear to the reader and I think it's his wife at some point just suggests, well, why don't you just put the image in the screenplay so that people can just look at it and they see what it is. Because you're going to see it in the movie. You have to. Yeah. Um, so and that, that honestly, yeah, it made me think that how long have they been making movies now for 100 years? <laughs> yeah. How, it, it's crazy that, that screenplays actually haven't evolved to become some something more visual than they are. I mean, like, yeah. it makes no sense. Like, honestly, like, these things would probably be more useful as a sort of digital like graphic novel at this point you know um and in some ways uh, as a writer i would kind of welcome that like i do think it would get your point across you know and and hearing him like he talks about like getting that feedback well so much is dependent upon the execution which he has like a polite way of saying they don't think you can do it Um, right yeah you, you can show exactly yeah. How, how it'd be done you know so i thought that was yeah. really cool well yeah especially especially for a spec because obviously mm-hmm. what, like once you get to production you kind of need pages that can be sure. normalized and and figured out but yeah i mean that's that's really true yeah why why aren't they more but visual? even yeah even those like that's like a day-to-day thing like you know you really don't need that until the day scenes that you're shooting and then you sure. you know i mean obviously yeah for well, the ADS you to have yeah, yeah. some of that right yeah but it's you know you can do that sort of because they turn them into sides as little tiny copies anyway. Mm-hmm. But this actually, this will be a kind of a good segue, I think, to the fact that I went to the movies for the first time in forever. Congratulations. Um, yeah, this past week. And I think maybe we uh, went with my wife and another couple I'm guessing we might be the only people in America that actually went to the movies to see The Accountant, but ended oh, wow. up watching Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was a, a small room, wow. and it was one of those theaters where they have like love seats and recliners and stuff. Nice. 
And so it gets like, they're just positioned a little weird. So there were not four seats remotely close together. <laughs> you know, I think we yeah. could have like cuddled, cuddled up with another couple in a love seat or something. I'm not about to do that. <laughs> so we were like, yeah, this is not, this is not working. Um, we ended up watching Doctor Strange and, you know, there, there there's a, there's a movie actually where they did have to explain a lot because it was, it was a different world mm-hmm. and worlds. Actually, there's a lot of, there's a multiverse. That's kind of the talk of, of this movie. And man, it, it, it really kind of dragged me down oh, through yeah. the first half of the movie or, or even longer. Um, and that was a case where I do think they, they needed to explain some, but maybe they went a little too far for my opinion. Sure. On, on doing too much. Because this is like a Marvel movie. I want to go and have fun. And I don't know. I mean, I know you've probably seen your fair share of Marvel movies at this point. I think we, we all have. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen the latest Civil War. And I, still, I, the, I think the Captain America before that I didn't even see. But anyway, yeah. I, I've missed my share. But I do think, you know, it's interesting watching these movies in that I feel like I'm always left wanting more from the bad guys, the villains. Sure. And like, I kind of know what they want. Right. I kind of know why they're bad, but that's all they really ask me to. Like, they, you know, they really just okay. You get the idea. This guy's bad. He's, he's gonna. He's trying to like, sure. you know, destroy something. Yeah. Like, whether you understand why or not, and like this was the same case. And like the villain, the main villain was played by Mads Mikkelsen, who I love. Yeah. I mean, he's you know a terrific actor. He's so much fun to watch and uh, so interesting. And he was good. He was great, you know, and like he carries a lot of that stuff very well. But at the end, I'm like, I don't know that I probably couldn't tell you what that plot was about. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there was a, another like dark planet involved that wanted to take over things. And <laughs> I, little Swinton was bald. I mean, there's a lot of that <laughs> stuff that I think um, works so much better on the page of a comic book, you know, because so many comics are just exposition in a lot of ways, you know. Sure. I um recently was looking through mine with my daughter and she was like, Oh, I wanna read one and so I like I had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I like sat down and started reading. I was like, Oh my God, this is a drag. Like it's all <laughs> it's all so much exposition, you know. But um I don't know. What's your take on on the whole kind of Marvel scene. Do you have any sort of like strong opinion? Do you feel like you want to see Doctor Strange? Are you uh, dying to see this movie? I, I will definitely see the movie um, because, I mean, Marvel, uh, by and large, uh, I've enjoyed all of their movies to differing degrees, but I've enjoyed them all. I mean, you know, Civil War is a very good point. Civil War is a very, a very unique movie in that uh, I, I enjoyed it all the way through it has the exact same problem that you're talking about where the villain is really barely even barely even registers at all Uh, I mean you know so much is is about these heroes fighting each other but that movie's kind of about more interesting ideas than you normally get I think so that's why I like that one so much what I'm wondering about Doctor Strange is that I know that he is kind of uh, he's kind of a gateway to another whole corner of the Marvel universe in yep. terms of going into all these worlds. And I'm wondering if that's kind of the thing where like this is kind of a movie trying to set all that stuff up. Um, and so it just feels and you can feel jam-packed. That. Sure. 
Yeah, and yeah. I, and I kind of expected that, and I, I think you've seen that in some of the other ones that are starting the franchise. Like they do have to carry a lot of weight, and I recognize that. Yeah. And the sort of post-credit scene um, definitely gives you a clue of of how they're going to connect these things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. I I want to like. There's a couple things that I think Marvel has done that in 50 years we'll look back and and just be amazed by. And yeah. a, I think that is the casting that they they do. It's it's crazy at this point Agreed. to think that here's this character who was not probably one of the main, you know, four or five Marvel characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to offend any nerds that are listening to this, but <laughs> that's my that's my takeaway. And like, yeah, you've got Benedict Cumberbatch, you've got Chiwetel Ejiofor, Tilda Swinton, Mads Mikkelsen's in there. I mean, all these like, even uh, was it Michael Stahlberg from A Serious Man has like a teeny tiny role. Sure. Rachel McAdams, um, just all these like you know these great great actors and. Um, I think probably, I don't know, I was wondering, like, if when the history is written, if they'll say, you know, if that debt is really owed to John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. or if they'll look at it more as, because I feel like maybe that's unfair to Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire <laughs> yeah. for the Spider-Man flicks, you know, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, Tobey was not at the level of establishment that Robert Downey Jr. was. True. And, like, he did such a great job with Iron Man and making that such, like, an appealing character and an exciting thing mm-hmm. in that first movie that it's hard to, like, imagine why an actor would say no to these roles, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that, that was a big, I mean, that was a big uh, leap of faith for, for Robert Downey Jr., for sure. But, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was kind of the perfect Tony Stark. There's really no one else who would have played that uh, quite as well in terms of, I mean, at least where the character was when that movie came out. Like, where, like where that character was in the comic books when that movie came out. Like, it was just, yeah. They've, they, yeah, they, they've done an amazing job. I mean, they have a real universe of movies. Um, right. Which, I mean, which really depend on each other. And, uh, and and Civil War is kind of such a great huge payoff of all that stuff of all the great casting of all the storylines coming together um, it's I mean it's I you know I don't know is it too much to say like that's really a one of a kind movie like that's really not been done before yeah no I, I think it is is certainly unique yeah I also think they have to be praised for the directors they hire I mean sure it, like I found myself I was like who the hell is this that directed Doctor Strange? I've never heard of this person mm-hmm. for my life. This is a gigantic movie. It's making a, a ton at the box office. And it's like the guy that did like the sinister horror. Like he's yeah. a horror guy, you know? Yeah. And so like, there's no horror element in this movie whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and getting um, Taika Waititi, or I, you know, I probably mispronounced his name, but the guy that's doing the new Thor movie and, yeah. and all these guys, like it's, it's crazy to me that that's, that they're pooling those people and, and putting that much faith in them. And um, it's awesome to see because it, it pays off, obviously, really well for the directors, mm-hmm. um, you know, not just financially, but for their career. And, and it's, it's just, it's an interesting choice for a studio to go with this big of a movie. And then I also think, like, Marvel killed, like, they're just 
great at, at comic relief. Like even sure. though I was like definitely getting bored at times in Doctor Strange and confused, and you know, it's just I, some of it, uh, frankly, is just like hokey nonsense to me. Like it right. really is. Like I'm sorry, but again, it's probably the the way that they had to pull in this first one. Every 15 minutes, you get a, a killer joke. Like you know, you get something that makes the entire audience laugh, and like you need that stuff. Yeah. Like you really, really do, and it, it helps so much. I think. I agree. All right, Craig, you ready to talk about box office? Let's talk about it. Oh man, I'm already dreading this. Yeah, I guess. So this episode bombs. is dropping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're putting this in your turkey and stuffing it. This is coming out the day before Thanksgiving, and guess what, man? You've got four pretty noted movies opening up yep. that day. All right, you want to hear what they are? Let's, let's hear them. I mean, you probably already bought tickets. Mm-hmm. You got Allied, the anticipated um, romantic thriller period war movie from Robert Zemeckis starring Brad Pitt and Marion Cotillard. You got Bad Santa 2, the long-awaited sequel that unfortunately is not being directed by Terry's Wygoff, mm-hmm. although I still hope it's good, but I miss Terry's Wygoff. Mm-hmm. And you've got the new Pixar movie, Moana. I don't see how that's not going to be a gigantic hit. Right. And then also the much anticipated and long coming uh, new movie from Warren Beatty, Rules Don't Apply, which stars Aaron, excuse me, Alden Ehrenreich, who is going to be young Han Solo, um, I think, in, in one of the lead roles here. So it's a good chance to check out um, who this guy is. Right. Right? I agree. Holdovers from the previous week. Man, Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them, mm-hmm. the new Harry Potter spinoff. Craig, I don't, I, I don't even know where to start. I'm yeah. sure Doctor Strange is still going to be hanging on in there too. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first, buddy? I'm going to go ahead and go first. Okay, if you don't mind. I don't. I'm not going to at all. <laughs> I'm not going to uh, belabor anything here. Um, or will I? We'll find out. Because I still have two more slots that I'm trying to uh, figure out. Okay, here's what I think. Here's what it's going to be. Yeah, there's no way... (laughs) There's no way Moana is not number one. Talking about Thanksgiving weekend. Yes, there's going to be a bajillion kids wanting to go see Moana. Right? Done. Moana's number one. Done. Allied has to be number two. Because... I think that looks fantastic. Like I agree. I'm looking forward to that one a lot. I think that's going to be number two. I think Fantastic Beast is going to come in at number three. And then the last two are the tough ones because I think it's going to be either Billy Lynn's or Arrival are going to be are going to be in there somewhere. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, Billy Billy Lynn is expanding for sure. Yeah. And wow. I, 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 I know it's getting a big push. Yeah. You know, like people seem to to, to really believe in it. Um. Although, you know, Doctor Strange could maybe still be in there. I don't know. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna so go. Uh, Fantastic Beasts, <laughs> then it's going to be Doctor Strange, and then, and then it's going to be Billy Lynn. How many are you doing? Then it's going to be Billy Lynn. Oh, my God. You're blowing my mind. Yeah. So, okay, Sorry. let's start from the top again because you've lost okay. Moana. So, number one, Moana. Number two, Allied. Number three, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Number four, Doctor Strange. Number five, Billy Lynn's. Yeah. That's really good. I like that. I like right. that. Um, right. I'm going to say also Moana's number one. Mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right there. 
I think Fantastic Beasts is going to hold Ooh. at number two. All right. I think there's just too much. Harry Potter is is in deep in our DNA at this point. I think that's holding it too. I think <laughs> man this is tough think hard I want Al- I want ally to be number three mm-hmm. I, I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say dr Strange is still going strong at number three Sean I don't want to interrupt you here but you're telling me you think it's a Mechus Brad Pitt movie that's coming out on Thanksgiving is not even gonna make number three. I am telling you right. that, Greg. All right. I, I think you know what it's. It's just a, it's harder to, to to grab that adult audience. There's a lot of stuff there. All right. I, I think uh, some some people might be mad at Brad Pitt for uh, maybe having a so-called affair with Marion Cotillard during no. the making of that movie. I'll be, which, I'll be honest, uh, with you. No, no, the... no, no one feels that way. Go ahead. <laughs> no, nobody does. No. Um, I, I will say Allied is is four and. Oh, gosh. I, I hate to see Bad Santa not make the top five, but I think Arrival will be number five. All right. And there you have it. All right. We'll probably nail those. We we don't have our stats I, we, from last we, time by any chance, do we? <laughs> I guess we can go back and... Uh, they are on the Facebook quick. page. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we did we did much better than the previous time when we got zero. <laughs> um, so there's that. But, uh, yeah, definitely... Keep an eye on Facebook. Um, the following Monday, we'll try to get that up there and, and show you the results. Oh, I got... Wait, so I got I got those two. And Hacksaw Ridge? Did I get all that? But not in a... Okay, sorry. No, no. You didn't get all that, dude. Okay. You had it... You, you had most of... We had most of them there. Just not in the right order. Right. But Boo, Medea Halloween didn't quite make it. Didn't didn't make the top yeah. five, finally. You called Trolls. Oh, man, I thought Trolls was going to die. Everybody I know, it doesn't matter. Trolls, trolls never die. Trolls never die. All right. Well, we're set then. We're locked in. We are locked in. Um, as always, thanks for listening. And yeah, come come check out the full episode next week. We'll be back with more. Agreed. <laughs>